everybody. Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. Hey, Matt's here with B-Pimp, episode one, two, one. How's it going with you, B-Pimp? It's going great because 21 is the human highlight reel, Dominique Wilkins. Oh, a great player. Exciting dunker. Definitely, unquestionably a top five all-time dunker. I think he's my favorite dunker. He dunked with, like, just... A ferocity you don't see with too many players. He, I think people would argue that maybe like Vince Carter was more technically sound and like graceful looking, but I, I think I prefer power. And for, for because I prefer power, I like, you know, the Sean Kemp and Dominique Wilkins of Dunkers more so Same. than the I even ones. think I even think he probably got robbed in one of the slam dunk competitions by Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, Dominique was awesome. 21 is good. You know who I was thinking of for 21? Well, Tim Duncan, but also Danny Fortson, former (laughs) star of the Sonics. I'm almost positive he was number 21. I didn't bother to look it up because my brain says he was. Uh, But he was just one of those players who was just like, he's probably like 6'6", but just huge. Yeah, he's a big dude. Took up a lot of space. He was like a, a moving fort. His name was very <laughs> accurate. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Well, we've we've made it to 121 episodes, and this is a really good one. Uh, I like it for a bunch of reasons. One, because I've got a whiskey to try. Two, because we got to finish our round of Let's Get Personal, which we'll explain in a second. But three, we're talking about our favorite bridges. And I maybe this is one that is closer to my heart, but... I did go to school for transportation planning. Most people take transportation over a bridge. I mean, they're great to just look at, but you want to cross them. That's why they exist. Yeah. Uh, and so I, there are just a lot of cool bridges in the world. So we're, we're talking about our top five bridges. Um, and I'll admit, I, like, I pretty much went with bridges that I have been on or seen in person so it's it's a very u.s heavy list uh but was there was there anything in particular that went into your list when you were putting it together i tried to just open my mind up sometimes i sometimes i know right away when we when we decide on a topic of like oh i know three of my five just because i know like who fits in this is one where i had to think but then i did start thinking like what are the times i've been crossing a bridge and went this is really cool and actually notice the bridge and or the scenery from the bridge. And that helped me pretty quickly come up with a few. And then I had to think more about like where we've been and kind of fit in a few more, but I did also favor the ones I've been on myself. Yeah. It's, it was kind of hard, but I, I like the way that you were thinking about it too. Cause I thought about it the same, like the same way in that, like what experience did this make me feel or what was I looking at? Yeah. Um, and I think that's a great way to think about a bridge. I My list moved around a lot too, which uh, it, it was not hard to come up with a few bridges that should be on the list, but really hard to rank them. Once oh, I-, I agree with that. Although my number one was very clear from the beginning. But okay. Other oh, than- interested in hearing it. So we got to go over that. Of course, we got to play Let's Get Personal. Uh, but before we do that, uh, I have a whiskey to try. Uh, and for the listeners at home, here's what I'm drinking for this episode. I know I said I wouldn't do it, but I went to the California well one more time. Oh, yeah. 
because this this actually looks pretty good to me. So it is from uh, Slow, as we call it here in California, or it's pronounced San Luis. No, it's not pronounced this way at all. It would be it's spelled out San Luis Obispo. People from there or from around there say it in a much faster, almost more slurred way. I can't even replicate it, but it's kind of like San Bibo. something like that but this is where this whiskey is from um it is rod and hammers slo stills Uh, it's their old-fashioned if this is any good i will try the other two that i saw uh from this maker this is this appears to just be kind of like their basic their old-fashioned it's only 70 proof so pretty low okay uh but i'll read just a little bit about it um Ironically, it says Rod and Hammer likes their drinks strong. It's like, this is the least strong whiskey I've probably tried. Um, but ready to drink, this old fashioned is crafted with our straight bourbon whiskey, cane sugar, and premium bitters serve on the rocks. So this is actually different because it it almost feels like they're putting an old fashioned in a bottle with everything that comes with it. Now I'm curious. That oh that that actually is what it sounds like. It's like a pre-made. You're getting a drink in a glass. Now see, here's the thing. I didn't read the back before, and it says "serve on the rocks." I actually was going to drink it neat, and the reason I'm drinking it neat is because my daughter is taking a nap right now, and me taking ice out of the freezer would be noisy. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to drink it neat. I'm going to go against the recommendation, but I think if it's a good enough of a drink, it should be fine. I love it. Okay. You're not letting them tell you what to do. Don't tell me what no. to do. I let my two-year-old daughter tell me what to do. Correct. The way everybody should do it. Yes. And is it clear if Rod and Hammer are two dudes that make whiskey, or is it like a Rod and a Hammer? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I'm like looking at every side of this bottle. Um, do I'm you see MC Hammer anywhere on there? I don't see Rod Stewart or MC Hammer anywhere on this bottle. It doesn't say anything about them. Okay. Um, although the only thing is that, uh, you might notice this on the bottle. It actually has a signature for rod and a signature for hammer. Oh, anything else about their names. Okay. So is rod somebody's first name and hammer is somebody's last name. I don't know. I bet it's rod Strickland and MC hammer. I believe that. All right. I'm going to give it a sniff. I love that. He's going against the grain of this one and drinking and drinking it neat. I'm not, yeah, they're not going to tell me what to do. I will say there is a lot going on in the smell profile. It's pretty sweet. Like almost, uh, I'm almost catching like a peppermint isn't quite the word, thankfully. Uh, but it's pretty strong. I, I can definitely like catch a little bit of a citrus note in there and maybe just like a tiny bit of vanilla or something along those lines too. Uh, it just seems like kind of sugary. So what they say about like the cane sugar in there, I, I believe them. I'll give it a, a first sip. Oh, I'm so excited. What are we going to get for rod and hammer? Hmm. So as I'm giving it a sip, it's it's got a decent burn. It's not like the whiskey you tried for last episode where they said it doesn't burn. This one right. has a pretty good burn sitting at the roof of my mouth, but coating the throat pretty well. I almost get like a slight, slight anise taste. Ooh, we haven't had that come up. But it's a, a, it is like a full 
it's a pretty full taste. I mean, I, I, I kind of like what I'm getting with that first drink. I'm going to give it a second sip and see what else I catch. We're always doing our due diligence here for you on whiskey sessions. Yeah. I'm like, you catch a little bit of like the bitter stuff they're talking about too. I can't tell if it's a, uh, I want to say it's like an orange bitter. There's probably something else in there too, but I, I feel like a little bit of that like citrus bitterness. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, I'm going to give it the third sip. It's the wrong match of sips. Yeah, this is like a whiskey I grabbed having not read anything about it. And honestly, when I saw Old Fashioned on the label, I wasn't thinking about Old Fashioned the drink. I was thinking about like, this is just their way of describing their whiskey. Yeah, that's and I agree with you because most of the time when you see these pre-made drinks, it's a can. It's not a bottle. This looks like a traditional whiskey bottle. It does. And I, I feel like it's like kind of towing that balance between it's like, it's not quite a pre-made drink. It's definitely not just a straight bourbon either. Like, yeah, it's, it's definitely got more things going on than that. But I, I'll give it that third taste. Yeah, let's see. Where does it land? In San Lobo. Yeah, San Lobo. Um, Maggie and I have been there before once, and it was to see Mike Burbiglia, which is another name you could probably pretty easily mispronounce, and Beth Selling. They were pretty good, but I remember we got stuck in an elevator in a hotel there, which was kind of funny. Uh, I'm going to say I kind of like this. It's different from what I expected and is a little bit different from what I'm generally looking for in a whiskey, not like a pre-made old-fashioned, but even neat, I like it. And I think on the rocks that this would be totally an enjoyable, just like weekend drink. Uh, so I'm going to put Rod and Hammer's old fashioned on the smooth train. All right. So that means you're going to try the other ones. I think I'm going to try the other ones. I, I can't remember what the one of the other two was bourbon. And I forget what the third one is. I, I want to say maybe it was a ride, but I don't want to speak out of turn on that one. I, I think, uh, but this is pretty good, you know, 70 proof. Um, so, you know, not, not killing me on that one, but it's, uh, it's solid and it wasn't too expensive. If I recall either, I don't remember the exact price point, but I think it was in the thirties and I'm almost slightly relieved even after a couple of California duds that I've had, especially the last one that 10th street was like terrible. Listening to that episode again, it made me slap so hard at like you really raked them over the coals. <laughs> that was one of the strongest like negative reactions we've had. I was upset by how bad that was mm -hmm. because it wasn't even bad as in like it is my perspective that it's bad. It was like objectively terrible. And <laughs> like I shocked that it could get made. <laughs> exactly. Shocked that it could get made, bottled, distributed, price point where it was, was stunning. Yeah. It was, it was like everybody had a collective taste, like malfunction to get it. Go back. Point. If you miss one episode 119, go back and listen to Andy skewer this, this yeah, whiskey. It was terrible, but rod and hammer. I'm, I like what I'm tasting so far. And I feel like this is probably not the first one I should have tasted. I should have gone with something else, but, uh, I enjoy this. So I'm definitely, I think I'll probably try for the bourbon next. Nice. So move over, smooth train participants. Rod and Hammer need a seat. 
Yeah, and we'll see if if the other ones get there too. I'm not going to say this is like the best thing I've ever had, but like I was pleasantly surprised, so I can't not put it on the smooth train. Great. Um, all right. We have to get to our round of Let's Get Personal. We're right in the middle of the ninth round for new listeners. Be pimp. What is Let's Get Personal? Let's Get Personal is a game where you, this episode, you're going to read me five names of people. Sometimes there's a theme, sometimes there's not. And I'm going to have to answer to each of those five names. Yes or no, do they have a personal life section on their Wikipedia page? That's as simple as it is. Uh, so folks that have been listening for a while or folks that haven't been listening at all, uh, we, again, are, we're right in the middle of our ninth round. As BPIP mentioned, we do five names per round. Here's where we are. Um, I have guessed uh, correctly on 29 out of 45. BPIMP is at 24 out of 40. So here's what this means. This is the penultimate round. So this is really important. If BPIMP gets five out of five correct, he's tied with me going into that last round. So anything could happen. Obviously, he gets four out of five, he's one down. Three out of five, he's two down. Like anything is within striking distance, of course. I mean, if you go over five, though, you're... I mean, you're kind of in trouble. I'm in yeah, big trouble at that point. I'm going to have to bring out the big guns. Yeah. Uh, but since our top five list is talking about best bridges, how could I not continue that theme? That is the theme of this Let's Get Personal. It's people named bridges. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so uh, let's get into it. This is Let's Get Personal. Let's get personal. Personal. All right, your first name. I'm going to start you simple, or is it Jeff Bridges? The dude abides, yes. The yes, dude abides. You may know him. Yes, from. he does. Okay, I'm not even going to describe him any further. You said, yes, you are correct. He has a personal life section. You are one for one. He's the big He's the big Lebowski. He's the guy in that movie about the country singer. He's um, the guy in Iron Man who's bald. This is, yeah. this is True Grit. True Grit, the yeah. Remake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else has Jeff Bridges been in? A lot. A lot of stuff. How about his older brother, though? Bo Bridges. Yeah, Bo's got one, too. Wow. Okay. You're not wasting any time. Two for two. Nicely done. All right. I'm, I'm going to shift gears a little bit on you. Uh, Phoenix Stuns. Phoenix Stuns. Phoenix Suns player, Mikel Bridges. Mm, I love Mikel Bridges. He's got a great game. He's got extremely long arms. And he always wears really cool shoes. And for that reason, I'm going to say he also has a personal life section. I'm sorry to inform you, B-Pimp. He does not have a personal life section. Well, just like you are going to do for, um, who was it that you're going to add one for? <laughs> you're gonna write Sir Mix-a-Lot, I'm going to add one for Mikel Bridges. <laughs> well, so, I mean, if you write one now, do we retcon your score? Um, no. Okay. No, no, no. okay. No, it's, I'll have to put in the personal life section. This does not count in whiskey <laughs> sessions. Link to whiskey sessions. All right. uh, another NBA Bridges, not related to Mikel Bridges, though, but he plays on the Hornets. This is Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges. Um, I think one of the two Bridges has to have one, so I'm going to say yes for Miles. Oh, why did you think that? He also does not. Oh, <laughs> nobody wants to talk about Miles' personal life? <laughs> no, the Bridges non-brothers of the NBA, neither of them have personal life sections. Miles uh, is a really good dunker. Yeah, really good. Um, okay, you're two for four. Going into your final one, different strokes. Actor, t- 
Todd Bridges. I was really thinking you're going to go with Leon Bridges, the singer. So I'm thrown for a loop now. It's Todd <laughs> Bridges. Totally forgot about Leon. Todd Bridges had a ton of weird stuff happen and was on like celebrity boxing and stuff like that. So I feel like he has enough going on where he would, he would have a personal life section. So does he? Yes, he does. You're correct. He does. Yeah. I, I just wanted to get the Regis Philbin, like final answer just to know for sure. Yeah. Three for five. Okay. That's respectable. And you're still within striking distance going into our last round, but it's not going to be easy. You are now at 27 out of 45. That's actually a even 60%. And I only know that, not that because I'm that good at math, but I know that 24 out of 40 is 60%. And you got 60% on this round, so you must still be at 60%. Well, stop showing off first yeah, of all. Yeah, that's like, that's ge- genius calculus <laughs> stuff, I know. Um, all right, so you're down two going into the final round, but pretty good job. Although, admittedly, you said everybody would have a personal life section. <laughs> That's how it goes. I go with, see that's but that's the problem with my style, which is gut reactions, mm-hmm. which is I don't really think about that. So <laughs> it does leave something to be desired. But I'm happy that I'm at least mathematically not eliminated going into the last. Yeah, it's a good like lesson to learn because I I was kind of surprised that neither Mikel nor Miles Bridges had personal life sections. I think your mid tier and below NBA players actually tend to not. That's that is true. Yeah. Now that we. Now that we're in round nine of 10 and there's less likelihood that we'll have a lot of NBA players, we can start talking about the strategy that goes into this game. Yeah. Uh, it will have like a, a few podcasts dedicated to just like really figuring out how our strategies worked out. Well, we'll, we'll these will be like our two hour, three hour long per- podcast on let's get personal. I'm thinking episode 130 through 140, all of them will be deep mm-hmm. dives on strategy. Definitely. We'll play like clips of old episodes and stop them after like five seconds and then talk about them for five minutes. Yes. Yes. I'm Absolutely. down for that. Our listeners will love that. And we'll have both Mikhail and Miles Bridges on as guests for those episodes. <laughs> I think we should be able to get them. If they're not so famous that they can even have personal life sections of their Wikipedia pages, I'm pretty sure they're like down to do interviews. Yeah. Well, like, and when we sell them with what we'll just play them a clip of what we're just discussing about the 10 episode deep dive and they're going to be sold. I, I guarantee it. All right. So we've got to talk about our top five bridges and I just like, I'm excited for this. Um, I know this will like probably fly by pretty fast. There's only so many things that you can say about a bridge, but I just, a really good bridge is such a structural Marvel. I think just like one of the coolest things we can do as humans. We can do so many terrible things as humans and have, but the architecture and just like engineering around a really kick-ass bridge is just such an awesome thing. And I couldn't agree more. They're great. It's amazing because there's so many different ways that you can do things with bridges too. And then to see like the choices that are made, even in like materials and aesthetics, but then just like the way that they function. It's very fascinating. Yeah. Uh, all right. So without further ado, then let's get into it. These are our top five bridges. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right. Be pimp. What is your number five? Chicago's own DuSable Bridge, which is Michigan Avenue going over the river. That is a great bridge. I love it. It's. I had to pick one because there's a lot of cool ones in the city, but I I, I went with that one. It was one that was, it didn't make my list, but it was really, really close. 
I wanted a good Chicago bridge. And I think a lot of people agree like that's the one. Yeah, I like that one. I'm a fan. Um, all right. My number five is the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. And there's a couple things to say about this bridge. One is the current structure of the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. It's fine. It's actually, it's kind of terrifying to drive over. Um, it's narrow. It's uh, It goes over like a, a, a Tacoma is like pretty close to Seattle. So I've, I've done this a couple of times, but it just is like a bit of a terrifying bridge. And the reason not only that it gives me the willies because of how it's currently constructed, but because of the original Tacoma Narrows Bridge, people go ahead and YouTube this thing, did collapse. Oh, that's right. And it does it in the most crazy way where um, I can't remember exactly what the phenomenon that was happening was, but the bridge starts to kind of like go in waves. Yeah. Uh, and the concrete moves. And it is just like very scary because it's a, it's a pretty windy stretch too. And it just keeps getting worse and then eventually collapses. So it is something to keep in mind. Like there are a lot of considerations that need to go in to how a bridge is constructed. And uh the Tacoma Narrows uh, accident is like a horrifying reminder of that, uh, but it still makes it like a pretty scary bridge to these to this day. Yeah, absolutely. I remember seeing footage or a clip of that, and it's like horrifying. Yeah. All right. What's your number four? My number four is the Manhattan Bridge. Hmm. Interesting. Actually, does the Manhattan Bridge go into? Brooklyn or Queens or something? I'm not even sure. Um, let me double check. I just remember liking how it looked. And, and yeah, it's Manhattan and Brooklyn. Yeah. That's, crosses I, the East River. Okay. That makes sense. That's a great bridge. Not, of course, the traditional one a lot of people would pick. Going no. Between Manhattan and Brooklyn. But that's a cool bridge all the same. It's very cool. I love the... I, I, that's one where I just really like how it looks in as it blends into the rest of the surroundings of the area, it's like fits in perfectly and it looks really nice. Yeah. All right. My number four is the golden gate bridge. I really like the golden gate bridge. It's, it's probably the most iconic thing in the San Francisco Bay area. I think, I don't even know if that's like arguable. I think it is. Uh, it's great to drive over. You can bike over it and walk over it too. I think it's, it's a little bit less than two miles. It's cool because it like separates the bay from the ocean. It's also really cool because depending on when you drive through it, like I've driven through it where the fog is whipping over from the ocean so fast. It's like almost like startling the, the speed at which the fog comes through. Um, but it's just a really cool bridge. Another thing they do on that bridge that's kind of neat is it's during most times three lanes in each direction and they're kind of narrow lanes. But because it goes from Marin County, which is like a wealthy county in the Bay Area, to San Francisco, they, they have this like machine that will move the middle barrier so that in the AM, it's actually four lanes going into the city. And in the PM, it's four lanes leaving the city. And then every other time, it should be like three lanes each. But so they, they make that transition all the time, too, which is pretty cool. There's just like a lot of great things going on with Golden Gate Bridge. And of course, it's so iconic. Um, and I love just like pulling over once you get to the Marin side and just like taking some photos of the bridge and then the, the city. And it's just it's a cool ass bridge. It is. And I'll have more to say about that bridge. All right. A bit. Uh, all right. 
right. What is uh, next for you? You're on number three. Yes. Number three is a bridge that I crossed driving to Toronto as a teen, the ambassador bridge from Detroit mm. to Windsor. Cool. I don't, I think I've seen that bridge cause I've been in Detroit, but I've never been to Windsor. Yeah. It's really cool. It's I, I really remember like the experience going over the bridge was like, it's one that goes up really high. And I was like, Ooh, we're going into Canada. What's going to happen in this, the land, the, the great white North. You never Will know. Bob and Doug McKenzie be there to greet me. It's ironic too, because coming from Detroit, you actually go south into Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird. I know. It's crazy. That's a great pick. Uh, and also just you mentioning the McKenzie brothers makes me really want to watch Strange Brew, like right now. I actually could go for that myself. It's been a, yeah. at least a year, which is too long. Oh my god. I don't think I've seen it in like five years. I'm I am due. Uh, okay, my number three, this is a total homer pick, uh, but I'm going with the West Seattle Bridge. Here's, okay, I don't have a good explanation why. It's a bridge that was built in 1980. It was shut down last year because they found structural issues with it, which is kind of funny because the bridge is not that old. But, like, it's just, there's no bridge in the world that I've been over more times than the West Seattle Bridge. I've been over it 200 times a year, at least for however many years I lived in Seattle or like went to school outside of West Seattle. So, I mean, I lived in West Seattle. I have probably been over the bridge at least three, 4,000 times. Wow. And it's so weird to me to think about the fact that it's actually not in operation right now, which by the way, it turns my home neighborhood of West Seattle into pretty much an island. Because your options, if you don't have the West Seattle Bridge, are this like tiny bridge beneath the West Seattle Bridge. Or you have to go like all the way around this peninsula and south, south along the Duwamish River and then back up north through Seattle. So I like it's doing a lot to like that geography. It would be like, I don't know what the comparison is. Like imagine you lived in River North in Chicago. And this is a bad comparison. But then imagine like every single bridge on the Chicago river was out. Mm-hmm. Like, how would you do that? Like you have like, maybe like, except for Cermak. So maybe you have to go all the way down to Chinatown and then back up around <laughs> totally changed the way that trip is. Yeah. That's but crazy. Super weird. Um, but I just, I mean, I love the West Seattle bridge cause it is my, my home bridge. So I could not put it on the list. Absolutely. And it goes over Harbor Island, which is fun to just like you you go over like where kind of the main port areas of Seattle are. Um, and so it's just great bridge. I'm, I'm sad that it has structural problems. What's the pl- Are they revamping it now or what are they doing? Like, do- uh, Honestly, I haven't read the latest on it. I think that they're going to they might have to just replace it completely. I, I'm not mm. sure. Like it will be a while, okay. like several years before they figure this out. Got it. All right. What is your number two? My number two, I think you were referring to earlier. It's the Brooklyn Bridge. Ah, yes. Great pick. This was on my honorable mentions. Brooklyn Bridge is a cool-ass bridge. It's very cool. And when I went to visit my sister a few years ago, and she lived in Crown Heights, um, we were around that a lot. And Lisa's got a couple of friends that live near it, and they had an apartment near it. And it was like we were walking around at the park at the base and just like, we had a really good day to see a lot of the Brooklyn Bridge, and it was very, very pretty area over there. 
It's the Brooklyn Bridge is awesome. I like I've only been to New York twice and I've only been in an area where I would like actually even see the Brooklyn Bridge once. And it was this like pizza place in Brooklyn that was like almost underneath the Brooklyn Bridge, which I think is closed since. But this was this is when I was 18. So this is we're talking like 18 years ago. But it is like a really iconic, awesome bridge. Yeah. There was even a TV show named Brooklyn Bridge. Ooh, I didn't realize this. Another fun mm-hmm. fact. Uh, the name of a pizza I really liked at Pagliacci Pizza, which is a chain based in Seattle, is called the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh. Here's what you, here's what you got on that pizza. Uh, green peppers, olives, onions, mushrooms, sausage. And I really like the way they do sausage. They do it in like a pepperoni style, actually. And then also pepperoni, which wow. I'm not vegan, so there's a lot of things there that you might not like. But those six toppings for me, perfecto. Oh, that sounds good. That seems yeah. like a pizza I would have eaten in my pre-vegan days. Yeah, that's the Brooklyn Bridge. There you go. Uh, all right. My number two is the Mackinac Bridge, connecting the Upper Peninsula of Michigan to the Lower Peninsula. Ooh, that great choice. A lot of things I like about this bridge. One, it's pretty scary to drive over. Uh, really good color scheme. So it's got it's green and then kind of like a... Yeah, it's not really yellow, but it's like a whitish, creamish, something like that. So good colors. And driving over that bridge is quite a long bridge, too, um, and high. But you get like uh, you can either be on the outside lane, which is like and it's two lanes in each direction, I should say, which is like kind of scary because the the barrier is like over the edge is super low. Like, I don't know why it's as low as it is. Um, or you can be on the inside. The problem with the inside is, and they probably do this because of weather conditions, is that the inside lane is a grate. And it, it, it causes, because it's a metal grate, it actually causes your car to like kind of shift a little bit as you're driving on it. And it's loud too. So like, that's not the ideal one to drive on either. So I think some people, and this is like no joke, they will actually have people who are, will drive over the bridge for you. Wow. Because it's like kind of a sketch bridge to drive over. Yeah, I looked up a picture of it to refresh my memory when you were talking about the color scheme, and it looks like it's a little a little freaky. <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit freaky, but I, I, I'm used to it at this point. Um, but it is, it's just a really cool bridge. I really like... Like personally, if I am, because Maggie's family, my wife has a house in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. And if we go there from Chicago, then you can decide whether you want to go up the Wisconsin side or whether you want to go up the Michigan side. And I really like the Michigan side because you get to do that bridge. Yeah. It's just like a fun bridge to go over. That's cool. I like it. I like the Midwestern choice too. Yeah. We're down to it. What is your number one? Ye old Golden Gate. Yeah, it's a good bridge. I have an endless number of reasons. First of all, it's one of the most iconic bridges. Also, The Room, Tommy Wiseau's classic movie, has a bunch of random sh- cutaway shots to the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> which I is, to watch that movie, too. Yeah, I can't get enough of that. Then, when, we, when Lisa and I, my lovely wife Lisa, when we eloped to San Francisco and got married, which 
um, Andy and Maggie were gracious enough to be our witnesses and host us and hang out with us for that lovely event. With the Lord. Golden Gate Bridge, just that was like your timing for that elopement was could not have been better. Oh yeah, end of February 2020. So for reasons <laughs> that I don't have to go into, it was just about the last chance we had to do that. Um, but yeah, that bridge was in all of our pictures. We had a bunch of pictures taken um, at the beach at Baker Beach. And we had the coolest weather where it like the, like you were talking about that fog when we got there, it was super foggy. And then as we were taking our pictures and we had a bottle of champagne on the beach, like everything rolled away and it was just like the most perfect scenery you could ever imagine. So it'll those, be hard to top. Yeah. Those photos you took or that your photographer took were like awesome. Yeah. Like it, it made great. it. So we, we used that photographer for some like uh, photos last year for when Elena was like a year and change and we wanted to do some holiday photos. Like she was so good. She's great. Emily Jenks, if you're in the Bay area, go see her. Yeah. Emily Jenks Bay area. She's fantastic photographer, but those like Baker beach photos were really good. You know what I learned? I just learned this yesterday and I had no idea. Part of Baker beach is a nudist beach. I had no idea. Oh, wow. We didn't, we didn't come across that part while we were out there. I've only been to Baker beach, I think once, but like, I didn't catch that when I was there either. So it's a part of Baker Beach I did not see, but apparently that that is what the, the people are saying. Our wedding photos were not nude. And so <laughs> I can tell you that much, but that would have been a whole new wrinkle for when we got back. Like, I guess what, we got married in San Francisco and we were naked. <laughs> there's anything I remember about your wedding, it's that people were fully clothed. Yes. Uh, fully clothed and a little bit drunk. <laughs> Yeah, but it was the, like, it's such a great bridge. Yeah, it's awesome. It's it really just, is. it's so cool looking. And like, I, like I said, it's just like the, one of the most iconic pieces of archi- architecture. Yeah, I, I like, I love an excuse to just drive over it too. And at some point I want to like walk over it and, uh, or bike over it or something. I've never done that. Yeah, I'd be down for that next time we're out there. All right, my number one, sticking with the Bay Area, I, I really struggle with this because initially I didn't even have this bridge on my list, but then I thought about it more and I just, I love the Bay Bridge and yeah. I'm putting it as my number one. Um, I've been over it a bunch of times. There's so many different things I love about the Bay Bridge. One, what's really cool about it now is, I mean, it's essentially two bridges, but like you have the old Bay Bridge going to Treasure Island to the city of San Francisco, which is which is awesome. Then you have the newer section going into kind of like Oakland Emeryville. And like the way that was designed was super cool too. But either direction I'm going, I love it because like when I'm going into the city, you get like a really cool view of San Francisco. If I'm coming back to Oakland where we live, just the way that looks is amazing too. Like it's a double decker in for that last stretch going into the city and you're on the top deck going towards San Francisco. So you get like a really good view. Uh, and then for that last stretch, if you're going back to Oakland, it's no longer a double decker bridge. It's actually separated, but it just like the way the sun shines on that bridge, it's like hard to explain, but what you mentioned at like the top of the episode of like the feeling that you get, when you're on that bridge it's like the bay bridge to me is just like awesome in that respect yeah and 
there are other elements about the bridge I like. Like if you take the ferry into San Francisco from Oakland or from Alameda or something, and you go underneath the Bay Bridge, you realize just the immensity of this structure. It is enormous. It is really high because it has to let the tankers from the ocean come through it. Um, it's just a humongous structure. And it is so cool. I just love the Bay Bridge. Yeah, I think that's that's the best part of like picking number one for this is the one that had the most associated with it. I think you could see that with both of our both of our number one choices. For sure. Um, all right. What did you have any honorable mentions? Yeah, I have one. It's a very small bridge in Raceway Woods, which is in Carpentersville, a little bit north of us. Um, oh. it's like a hiking uh, path that goes around an old racetrack and there's this bridge in the middle of it that's a pedestrian bridge but it goes over this huge like like valley like through the forest preserve and it's like beautiful it's really awesome it's just oh. really small so I didn't feel like ranking it but it's an honorable mention for me good honorable mention I'll have to check it out I love a good like pedestrian bridge yeah um, a few of mine like for the Bay Area, the other bridge I really like that I struggled to leave off my list, but I was just getting too Bay Area heavy is the Richmond Bridge. And that is a little bit further north. Then it goes from Richmond in the East Bay to uh, Marin County. Actually, it ends up really close to San Quentin Prison. Mm. It's this cool, like snake-like structure bridge. It's also double-decker, but it just like has this like really cool curvature to it. I like that bridge a lot. Uh, the St. John's Bridge in Portland, super awesome. A really good color scheme. Actually, a pretty similar color scheme to the Mackinac Bridge. Um, the Ponte Vecchio Bridge in Florence, I like a lot. It's like this iconic bridge. You'd probably hardly even know it was a bridge if you were on it because there are a lot of shops on it. It almost seems just like another business strip until you realize you're actually over a river. Mm. Um, but I like that a lot in Florence. We went to Florence once and I, I loved it there. Brooklyn Bridge. The Tower Bridge in London is super cool. I had never been to London before except for like a quick work trip. And I was there for one weekend. And it's it's actually a pretty cool bridge. And actually, nice. I like London a lot more than I thought I would. Um, I feel like when we travel, my, my inclination is to not go to a place that speaks English. But London actually is a pretty kick-ass city. I'll, I'll yeah, I got to go there. It's on my list. Um, I had the DuSable Bridge, of course. And then the other bridge, another uh, Western Washington bridge, but it was, I couldn't, I mean, I left it off my ledge, but I, I couldn't not talk about it. It's the 520 floating bridge, which is the longest floating bridge in the world. And that goes from Seattle to, I guess it's Bellevue or it's somewhere else like east of Seattle, but it goes across Lake Washington. It's the, the longest floating bridge in the world. As I mentioned, it's like, I've been over it a bunch of times. Um, and it was replaced recently, but it's, yeah, just cool. You're just like on a floating bridge for several miles. Nice. That seems like an awesome one. Yeah. So those are my bridges, but um, I know that there are other bridges out there that we did not mention or we haven't seen or whatever the case might be. Um, but please folks at home, uh, let us know. You can hit us up on our Twitter feed. That's at whiskey sessions. Or email us even better at whiskey sessions music at gmail.com and we'll read your email on a future episode. But we got to get to your emails for this episode. Uh, so, without further ado, these are your emails. You 
sent us emails to read emails and now we'll read them all right uh my email says gentlemen uh regarding making baseball better the one thing you didn't mention is letting players take all the roids they could ever want why not I like that. This is I also Carolina want that. Rouge, yeah. Louisiana. There are parts of me like, for some reason, when Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were like breaking records and they were clearly doing roids, I did have an issue. Same with Barry Bonds uh, a few years later. Wait, now Barry Bonds like, did steroids? Maybe. Maybe. Allegedly. Jury's still out. Yeah. Um, but part of me is also like, as an adult, I'm like, eh, so what? I, I don't know. Honestly, like, if they pay him enough and they make the decision to take him, who cares? The only problem is then you'd have, like, pitchers throwing it, like, 115 and the hitters hitting line drives back and, like, exploding their heads off. So you'd have, like, a lot of craziness happening. That, but, like, if it results in a player's death, that's one thing. Yeah. But there are certain things, like, I mean, that was – Pretty exciting when Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds were, or not Barry Bonds, but Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire were going for the record. Oh yeah, that was the that was the height of baseball. Yeah. The only thing is, I like, I like holding steroid use over Roger Clemens' head. Yeah, because I personally hate Roger Clemens. Yeah. So I can't blame you for that. If he's like a cheater, also great. Yeah. His steroid specifically is banned, but every other steroid is allowed. Yeah, everybody else is fine. Yeah. Uh, All right, what do you got in the email inbox? Well, this must have struck a chord because I have one on a similar theme, but uh, Dear Whiskey Sessions, there's nothing that needs to be done about baseball in any way. It is the perfect sport, and if anything, the game should be 90 innings each. I wish baseball was played all year round, even in the ice and snow of winter. I have a baseball tattoo over each eyeball, and my arm is a baseball (laughs) bat. Pete from Cincinnati. Oh, God. I, if I lived in Cincinnati, I would probably do that too. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like he's you have going for you. The Bengals, Sky, Skyline Chili. Oh God! Okay, look, I'm hoping my wife can't hear this, but the <laughs> own personal hell that I live in is that I have Skyline Chili like almost once a week because she really likes it. But it's Maggie like, loves it. She loves it, and I don't know if it's <laughs> Stockholm syndrome that she has or what. But it's the worst chili in existence. I don't even know what makes Skyline Chili Skyline Chili. Is it like a sweetness in the sauce or something? Or I think the... it's like mud. I don't know. It's, it's Cincinnati mud. It's pretty. It looks like just mud and ground beef. That's what okay. Skyline Chili is. All right. And then a dash of cinnamon. Okay. They're all like, can you believe we put cinnamon in chili? Amazing. We're crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, geez, God, this is horrible. We're going to have top five worst chilies as our next. Yeah. And I I don't want to hear from both people that live in Cincinnati about us insulting their chili, but it's not good. Sorry, Cincinnati. Your sin. Your cardinal sin is your chili. Yeah. If you can't even be one of the top two cities in Ohio, then I don't know. Then what are you doing? What are you doing? I've actually never been to Cincinnati. Maybe it's fine. I haven't either. I've been to Cleveland and Columbus. Yeah, there you go. Top two cities in Ohio. Oh, yeah. Had a great time. Yeah. 
We all talked about how we didn't want to go to Cincinnati. It took me like a week to figure out their alcohol sales system where you have to go to a certain store to get booze, like state-run liquor stores. I was like, I was walking around a mire looking for booze, like, what's going on here? I just see like margarita mix. (laughs) Washington used to be like that. You couldn't find hard, you could not buy hard alcohol in grocery stores, Mm. Uh, but they, they thankfully decided to get rid of that. Yeah. That that happened right around the time I started drinking, I think. Oh. Yeah. So the timing was like perfect, but they used to have state run liquor stores, which seems like such a crazy idea to me now. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so people at home, again, if you send us an email, we're going to read it on air in a future episode. And again, you can send it to whiskey sessions, music at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, that does it for this episode. So, be pimp i don't know do you have any words of wisdom that you want to leave our listeners with if you have a bowl and you think it's got mud in it it's probably skyline chili it probably is it's terrible terrible stuff like i would have we discussed the difference like what like what really constitutes a chicago pizza in our last episode they could say a chicago pizza was like a literal softball wrapped in a Chicago style hot dog and say that was a pizza. And that would still be better than Skyline Chili. <laughs> a 16 softball, of course. Yeah, take that, Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, take that. I mean, Cincinnati doesn't need to take any more things. I'm sure it's like had it bad enough. Yeah, it's probably yeah. the whole collective city is listening to this. Like, haven't we suffered enough? <laughs> I, I, they have. I'm sorry, Cincinnati. Yeah. Sorry, we're we're gonna only eat skyline chili for now on to make a mea culpa. Yeah. Alright, until next time, this is Amen saying peace out. And be pimp. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>